Well, hello, pilgrims and travelers on the funny path of life. Here is punishment number two. Les deux vaches menées d'abord par la plus jeune des filles le long des routes s'échappaient la plupart du temps dans les prés des aigues. Mais comme au moindre délit trop flagrant pour que le garde se dispensa de le constater, les enfants étaient ou battus ou privés de quelques friandises. Ils avaient acquis une habilité singulière pour entendre les pas ennemis et presque jamais le garde champêtre ou le garde des aigues ne les surprenait en faute. D'ailleurs, les liaisons de ces dignes fonctionnaires avec Tonsard et sa femme leur mettaient une thé sur les yeux. Les bêtes conduites par de longues cordes obéissaient d'autant mieux à un seul coup de rappel, à un cri particulier qui les ramenait sur le terrain commun, qu'elles savaient le péril passé pouvoir achever leur lipé chez le voisin. La vieille tonceur de plus en plus débile avait succédé à Mouche depuis que Fourchon gardait son petit-fils naturel avec lui sous prétexte de soigner son éducation. Marie et Catherine faisaient de l'herbe dans le bois. Elles y avaient reconnu des places où vient ce foin forestier si joli, si fin qu'elles coupaient, fanées, bottelées et engrégées. Engrangées. Engrangées, ça c'était intéressant. Elles y trouvaient les deux tiers de la nourriture des vaches en hiver qu'on menait d'ailleurs paître pendant les plus belles journées aux endroits bien connus où l'herbe verdoie. Il y a dans certains endroits de la vallée des Aigues, comme dans tous les pays dominés par des chaînes de montagnes, des terrains qui donnent comme en Piémont et en Lombardie de l'herbe en hiver. Ces prairies nommées en Italie « marciti » ont une grande valeur, mais en France, il ne leur faut ni trop grande glace, ni trop de neige. Ce phénomène est dû sans doute à une exposition particulière à des infiltrations d'eau qui conservent une température chaude. Oh, well, that was a stretch there. One thing about Balzac, he does write long sentences. And uh, he definitely extrapolates a lot. Anywho, but for whatever reason, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying reading it out loud. And then see if I can stay in the flow without interrupting. Sorry, here with uh, engranger, which is basically putting in a, in a grange, in, in a... Lagrange, yeah, Lagrange, uh, which is basically a farm building. So they were talking about uh, harvesting um, plants, his daughters. So I'm talking about peasants. That's kind of what the book is about. Anywho, until later. Well, here's another bit. I actually enjoy this one. So sorry if you have no understanding whatsoever of French. But it is interesting about... Uh, Uh, I guess you could call it simple-minded morality. Quoique tout le monde sût combien cette famille avait peu de principes et peu de scrupules, personne ne trouvait à redire aux mœurs du grand hiver. Au le grand hiver, c'était un restaurant. It was a restaurant um, that this family had. Au commencement de cette scène, il est nécessaire d'expliquer une fois pour toutes aux gens habitués à la moralité des familles bourgeoises que les paysans n'ont, en fait de mœurs domestiques, aucune délicatesse. Ils n'invoquent la morale à propos d'une de leurs filles séduites que si le séducteur est riche et craintif. Les enfants, jusqu'à ce que l'État les leur arrache, sont des capitaux ou des instruments de bien-être. L'intérêt est devenu, surtout depuis 1789, le seul mobile de leurs idées. 
Il ne s'agit jamais pour eux de savoir si une action est légale ou immorale, mais si elle est profitable. La moralité, qu'il ne faut pas confondre avec la religion, commence à l'aisance. Comme on voit dans la scène supérieure la délicatesse fleurir dans l'âme quand la fortune adorait le mobilier. L'homme absolument propre et moral est dans la classe des paysans une exception. Les curieux demanderont pourquoi De toutes les raisons qu'on peut donner de cet état de choses, voici la principale. Par la nature de leur fonction sociale, les paysans vivent d'une vie purement matérielle qui se rapproche de l'état sauvage auquel les invite leur union constante avec la nature. Le travail, quand il écrase le corps, ôte à la pensée son action purifiante, surtout chez des gens ignorants. Enfin, pour les paysans, la misère est leur raison d'état, comme le disait l'abbé Brossette. Mêlé à tous les intérêts, Tonsard écoutait les plaintes de chacun et dirigeait des fraudes utiles aux nécessiteux. La femme, bonne personne en apparence, favorisée par des coups de langue les malfaiteurs du pays, ne refusait jamais ni son approbation, ni même un coup de main à ses pratiques, quoiqu'elles fissent contre le bourgeois. Dans ce cabaret vrai ni de vipères s'entretenait donc, vivace et venimeuse, chaude et agissante, la haine du prolétaire et du paysan contre le maître et le riche. My goodness, there's a lot of subjunctive in here. Oh, I don't like French subjunctive. Anywho, bit number two. Hello, pilgrims and travelers on a funny path of life. Not quite sure where I'm heading now. I see a road on the other side of the town. Not quite sure how to get to it. And I'm just going to wing it through the olive orchard. So... And I'm also doing it barefoot. I want to be barefoot this morning. I've just been spending, uh, I don't know, a while raking leaves outside, cleaning the yard. So, you know, slowly but surely, uh, I'm coming around to it. The pass, like uh, where you have all those pots, I've cleaned all of that. All the driveway. It's clean. I'm actually uh, there's a moss buildup, so I'm also cleaning some of that. So that's more tedious, more fine work, like a toothbrush type toilet cleaning deal. But uh, I mean, the weather is amazing here. So it you know it's chilly in the morning, but as soon as uh, the sun shows up, uh, it changes everything. So it's very very enjoyable to. Uh, to be out to be out and about so anyway been listening to Spanish con with Juan uh, 1001 reason to speak Spanish that is the blog website and uh, I really enjoy uh, actually enjoyed the one from today even more it's kind of like I get into a cruise control kind of a uh, momentum and uh, I realize it takes time You know, to get to that. Oh, there's music. Saturday, I guess. Sounded like uh, almost Pink Floyd for a second. Oh my goodness, no, it's Enigma. <laughs> uh, right, one of my favorite albums, it used to be anyway. 1991. Eh? Anywho. So. And also, it was like, I kind of like, you know, 
what he does, he was talking about his childhood and how he was a chunky monkey. There's a car. You know, how he was bad. He was clumsy at sports and he didn't like math. And there was a lot of, uh, he had a lot of problems. And, you know, and talked about kind of learning and learning to challenge oneself where it matters and that you can change, you know, what you think about yourself and what you're capable of doing. Anywho, interesting message. Uh, but I liked, I liked the storytelling. And, uh, yeah, that's what interests me. The, the art of storytelling. Because, obviously, uh, through this podcast... A través de este podcast, yeah? lo estoy intentando. I'm trying it. I'm trying to do it just that. Um, I realize that it's definitely not that easy for me, or it always sounds so much better in my head. You know, there seems to be some kind of a flow to it, and I could be fooling myself. But when I try to slur it out, it just. Uh, yeah, it, it can become clumsy quite easily, you know, funky. And uh, and there are times where not so much that I am less clumsy, but I am not attaching so much attention to it. So I am not bothered so much by it. And then there is a flow to that. You know, it's not, I'm not think. I'm not overthinking it. Here we go. That's more like it. You know, it's like I'm just doing what I'm doing. And I guess maybe the, you know, part, well, I'm sure it is part of the podcast is a training ground for such a thing to just, uh, to just do something if I want to do it. And then not to, not to weigh everything at every corner and to have a judge waiting to tell you if what you're doing is worth anything. Because it's that's not the point. That's not why you're doing it. You're not doing it to be valued, to have your sense of self-esteem based on that. You're doing it because you want to. And and then that kind of uh, worry-free, you know, kind of mentality. <coughs> I'm just doing it. That's it. I don't really have... Ooh, little rocks here. I'm going to cut into my... My pl- I mean, not cut, but they are definitely going to pinch me. And so... That part still eludes me, and I'm still... I wouldn't say perplexed, but... Uh, I wonder why, you know, there are times to where... I don't know if it's noticeable, you know, on the other end, you know, on on your listener. But to me, it just feels smooth, you know, and it's not even necessarily about what I'm talking, but just that it's just kind of happening. I'm not overthinking it. And and there is a, I guess you could say maybe a quality of a connection happening within myself. And the stuff just pours naturally, effortlessly, kind of like the judge is gone. Yeah, that could be a good way to put it. The judge is gone. I'm I'm not comparing. I'm not measuring. And I do... I do have a strong judge. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I do. Uh, I think most of us do, though, to some extent. But I remember Hal Robinson, the 
the therapist, the the only one that I found that I find, did find very interesting, and who had um, also a connection with the Lakota Sioux tradition. So I was involved with him for quite a while, doing sweat lodges, going to Sundance, and he had a weekly session that was free to the public, where it would be a playground basically. And uh, one time I put myself in a hot seat, and then he was like. I bet you you're a good judge. I bet you, you you're the best judge there is. Anywho, he was just playing. And I was like, yeah, I am. See, I bet you you can go around the room. There were about, I don't know, eight or nine people in the group. You could look at everybody and find something to judge, to critic about them. I'm like, of course I could. And then I did it. <laughs> I didn't voice uh, out loud, but because that's not, that wasn't the point of the exercise. But realizing that, yeah, you're too short, you're too tall, your hair is wrong, you have wrinkles, you're, whatever it is, finding an imperfection, finding something to poke at. And, uh, and I think, possibly in the past, you know, I may have been quite hard on myself. And, uh, and I'm not saying it in a poor me type thing, I'm not putting my hand on my forehead, eh? and I'm going to start weeping, but... Uh, that it create that it that it made for something interesting in terms of uh, my self esteem and the sense of inadequacy, the sense of uh, lack of self worth, or having to do something to earn that, to feel that 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 was not innate in me, that it was conditional, that you know my well being, like of course you know the idea of belonging. And all of those things. And I think a lot of people will recognize themselves in that image. In that little portrait, redacted portrait that I just made. Yeah, that's something that I've learned to going to group therapy. Ooh, broken glass everywhere here. Uh, is that the story is about the same, you know. However you're doing it, it doesn't matter in the end. But they, they have, it's the core of it. Shit, I don't know where I go here. I think I'm going to keep... Ah, oh, shit. If people are coming behind me, I thought there'd be nobody here. Anywho. Uh... So listening to, to Juan, you know, uh... enjoying. And of course, you know, when I'm... Uh... I mean, some podcast, it depends on the kind of podcast. Like there is a Spanish one, uh, Spanish land. Uh, which is she basically teaches grammar and all kinds of things, which I really enjoy. It's about 10, 12 minutes each episode. So short enough for me to not start getting bored. And uh, I have nothing to say because that's the kind of structure that it takes to, to make such a program. It has nothing to do with what I'm trying to do. So I really enjoy, but there I don't compare it. I guess I don't think about it. I don't think about what she's doing. I'm just like, huh, that was useful. Like uh, debe or DBD or DBRD, DB or DBRD, like uh, you should do that or you might want to think about doing that in Spanish, the, the, the nuance which is different, like in any language. And I was like, huh, that's nice. I never made that connection. Every day I'm still learning something and I will, I'm sure will for quite a long time. And so, uh, but there are some like a rich roll. I definitely 
uh, I'm mindful of that. Like there was one plan strong with rip Appelstein, Esselstein, which, you know, I find uh, the most brutal of all. Just I find him so flat in terms of uh, what he brings. But that's just, you know, that's me. That's my uh, my observation. That's my critique of of my experience. I think I'm going to let those guys go. And then we will resume in just a second. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay. Hola. Hola, hola. Buenas. Looks like two brothers. But then again, here they are, you know. Saturday, almost noon. Walking the dog among the olive trees. So, for me, for sure, nothing has changed in terms of my impetus for, for starting the podcast, you know, when I was, of course, to share what was going on, and even more so when I have powerful, strong moments or experiences coming upon me, to, to, to vent them out, to, to give them air, yeah? Not to keep them in. Kind of therapeutic modality. And then, uh, you know, that if, of course, if some of that might prove to be useful to somebody else, that would make me happy. And uh, to also learn to become more authentic or more honest in the way that I express myself instead of trying to impress, you know, or sell myself. I just, I sense a lot of prostitution in our behavior. It is framed in, in a very manipulative outfit, you know, a wolf in a sheep uh, coat type deal. It's, it doesn't feel, it feels like... And again, that's my feeling, you know, it's, um, uh, it's not the Bible, it's not black and white, it's my experience. That uh, I just sense a lot of fakeness. This is political correctness is definitely, I think, bringing to light some of the absurdity of that. And also in terms of self-esteem. Because what story must one say to himself to justify changing one's behavior? And I'm not saying that the change in itself is wrong. Because, of course, you don't speak to a two-year-old like you do to a 50 or 60 or 70 or 90-year-old person. That makes complete sense. But where the, the reasoning is located, that's a part that's interesting. And I think often it is not really a consideration. It is not compassion. It is not understanding but it is a manipulative, manipulative strategy that is very selfish. Like uh, something stood up to, I was listening to, so uh, Oya Blamos, I love this podcast, and they were talking, he was talking about uh, mental health in Spain and bringing statistics, he loves statistics. So, you know, talking about how in Europe, it's basically has one of the worst ratio of psychologists to, to like... I think it's like, what, six to 100,000 people? Anyway, I don't remember. But, uh, you know, and talking about uh, that horrible thing that happened, you know, bringing light to suicide about this actress that killed herself. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with suicide. It has to do with the fact that you knew the person. You know, there's nothing new in suicide. And I'm almost kind of annoyed that it is labeled as such a, a bad thing as a pejorative thing, to want to kill oneself. I don't agree with that. I don't share that viewpoint at all. Not at all. But regardless, that's an aside point. But the fact that 
you are touched not because of suicide, because it's somebody that you knew or you cared about or whatever. And that is what made you care about it. Not the thing itself, not the fact that those people are suffering or, you know, like if you had somebody close to you that didn't have access to food and was starving and was forced not to eat, it would affect you way, way more than those millions of people every year, millions, <laughs> who die of malnutrition or even, let's make it even more fun, no access to clean drinking water, you know. Something, who thinks about it, you know, in a, in a Western world, in a developed worlds, worlds. So there is this element of, it doesn't seem, it doesn't feel genuine to me, you know. And, uh, and I think that is based on the lack of awareness on the Buddhists would call that ignorance. And I do share that viewpoint that we're doing it because we're not aware we're doing it or we're not aware why we're doing it. Or we're not aware the story we are telling ourselves to justify what we are doing. I believe that. And, you know, like I said, I can't get out of my own shoes, so bite me, you know, if uh, your viewpoint is not the same. You know, it's, I'm not making a case, I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm, uh, I'm only expressing, you know, this viewpoint of mine. So I think I will keep on, you know, to kind of repeat I will keep on repeating that statement that, you know, it's not the truth what I'm saying. I'm not interested in the truth. I'm not interested in being right. I'm not interested in right and wrong. All those things to me are a waste of energy. My understanding will keep evolving, you know. I mean, there are things to me that will have a tendency not to change, you know. But that neither make them black and white for everybody and the fact that I'm not you know a judge a politician a psychologist a social a socially a socialist a sociologue uh, basically I'm, I'm not an activist in that realm there are a lot of Land Rovers here and uh, Spain actually makes some uh, anywho so you see a lot of those in more in a country Anyway, but anyway, side side note here, a little, a little caveat, and so that's my experience. That's how my, those are my tinted lenses, you know, and and I know it, but it's like, but those are the lenses that I have. Those are that which I see the world through, and there is no way, as far as I know, you know, up till now, that I can do it differently. And that is shaped by many, many things. That being said, I do recognize and I accept, you know, what I see, but I don't consider it the total picture. And then therefore, and also, I'm sorry, at the same time, I will claim that it's not possible for me with those lenses to grasp the truth, the ultimate reality. So having inadequate tools and not being able to not have those tools makes me incapable. So, I don't know, I guess that makes me agnostic, uh, in a mix of uh, Platonist, agnostic, and uh, skeptic. I don't know. But that being said, at the same time, with those tools, I am walking on that path. So, my understanding, my truth is my truth. You know? Um, 
I guess my last event was with Edu when I was basically sharing my perspective and he denied it. And then I realized, oh, okay, so we're not having a conversation. You, you are sure about what you think and it doesn't matter my, uh, my side of it. Okay. And I'm okay. You know, it was like, that's fine. And that's when I said, you know, and if at any point, you know, I'm not useful or, you know, let me know and I'll go, you know, that is fine. Hold on, that I don't, that I not get, that I don't lose that. Ah, uh, why am I bringing that example about this black and white? I mean, obviously, it is linked to what I'm talking about. You know, my inability to uh, to grasp at the truth, therefore, to relativize everything, and then to to well, you know, to bring in the idea of the conditionality of things, you know. Sometimes you feel a certain way because of weather, because of, you know, what happened at work or whatever the case may be. But no, no, no. Why did I bring the example of Edu? Um, oh, okay, okay. I think I may see it now. I think it might have had to do with being denied one's own experience. And I have definitely been guilty of that. So, I guess, yeah, it's somehow... I'm, I'm not quite making the link back. No, I have not smoked pot. I haven't smoked pot for since December. <laughs> but, uh, interesting, I lost my, my thought there. Uh, missed... But I'll take those two points. One, the, the relativism that I have about my experience on life. Then the second step, which is, yeah, but that's what I have. And I am experiencing life. So I will accept that. You know, I will accept those conditions. And then the third is... I guess not needing to be right, not having that need to convince anybody, as also, that's a weird stretch, has also made me mindful of when people are denying that person his or her belief, his or her perception. And even more so when that person is being told to change. And uh, I think that's a, that's a three-leg tripod. So number one, I have no idea what the truth is and I can't get to it. So I'm not going to keep wasting my energy. That being said, I have no choice but experience life and try to make sense of it to the best of my understanding at any given point in my life. So I will keep doing that. But I realize at the same time, instead of being a belief, it's more of a conviction or, well, I guess, a combination of both. And that, I guess where it becomes interesting is, let's say I have an interaction with somebody. So I'm going to have my belief about how I feel about, you know, whatever, let's say something happened, like in the case with Edu. 
So I have my, my belief. I have my understanding of what happened from my standpoint. And then that person has his. You know, in the case of Edu. Mine was a misunderstanding. His was, you lied. You betrayed my trust. And so... What's interesting, and of course I had learned some of that in nonviolent communication when I did some workshop, was the base is that both parties have to be willing to listen to each other. And not just listen, not just hear, but really listen and understand what the other one is saying and to put themselves in that person's shoe. And, uh, you know, kind of what happened with Urban and... Uh, it was more powerful, but then again, things that happened with Urban that nowhere from what uh, happened with uh, Edu, you know, we shared some very powerful moments and experiences. And Edu, that wasn't the case. Maybe that's part of why the whole thing frazzled. Uh, people are burning and I guess trimming more olive trees. And so last night uh, I was on the phone with Pilar for a while. And, uh, you know, I naturally became extroverted. I naturally, you know, became very talkative. I know it may sound funny when you hear me say, but when you hear me saying that, man, sometimes I'm sloppy. When you hear me saying that, uh, but uh, I really am mostly quiet. And uh, with most people, I have nothing to say. And I'm not interested in what most people have to say. It is not fucking interesting to me. And it's fine, you know, nothing wrong with them. But it's just, okay, I think we're gonna turn around. But that's gonna be a trail. Uh, looks like it's gonna be a nice one. It's going up again. Anywho, but I'm gonna turn around. So, I was on the phone with Pilar and then, uh, I mean, yeah, I just love Pilar, and that's it. I'll leave it at that for now, for this one. And uh, it was just a very nice exchange, and, uh, you know, I have, uh, I guess it's, uh, hold on, uh, September, August, July, May. Yeah, it's going to be, it's two and a half years that I've known Pilar. And she's the only person that I keep wanting to go back to. You know, my understanding of my relationship with Pilar is evolving and it's being updated continually, continuously. But it's somebody that I love to be with, you know. And though we are different, you know, we are way different. There is an understanding, there is an acceptance. There is something to where, you know, you may not always agree. Um, but... You can express that not only with respect, but with also with compassion and with the absence of certainty. And the, those moments of interactions seems to sharpen your edge differently. And that brings me to I guess my next point, one, to resume, to make sure that I'm not really getting confused here. When I'm thinking of Pilar, you know, so I have my conviction, you know, and uh, they, are, they are recognized and they are accepted and they are honored by the other person. I feel heard, you know, and I feel accepted and it's like, 
okay, you, you accept my, you are, thank you for accepting my, uh, my experience, you know, the way that I view it, you know, whether you agree with it or not completely, but you, to recognize that, yeah, everybody has a right. I mean, it's almost crazy to say that, that you have the right to have your bias experience like everybody else. And it is true to you. And I have no right. And it would be disrespect, disrespectful and hateful for me to come to you and tell you that, oh, no, no, you're wrong. You know? And so, of course, I, I so value relationship, you know, interactions. But if those elements, along with feeling something for that person, is not there, I don't, I'm not interested. And, uh, you know, here I am in my life, in this place, in this uh, interesting stage, yeah, with a unique scenario where nobody knows me. <laughs> so... I don't owe anything to anybody, you know. The only thing I go to so far is a grocery store, you know, to get uh, my basics. But that's it, you know. Of course, big part is because it's Pilar's house and she's taking care of, you know, paying the electric bill and, you know, whatever, whatever is with the house. So I get to, to enjoy that. But I don't have to act that role of Anthony. You know, that behaves a certain way. And uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm choosing to do just that. I, I don't want to be uttering falsities. Yeah, I don't want to be lying just for the sake of uh, social policy, of uh, uh, unspoken, you know, social rules, ethics. You know, how does one behave? And here... I'm actually going, you would see, you could say against Buddhist, yeah, dogma, which is basically, it is, you know, you, you, you try to be very mindful to, well, actually, I'm not necessarily going against here. All right, here's a gray area. In Buddhism, basically, you try to deal with your karmic debt by not incurring more. So there are things that you basically have to come to understand, because if you don't, you're not going to make a change. But if you come to understand that acts of violence... Uh, killing somebody, stealing, cheating, uh, adultery. If those things are negative, then you're going to pay the bill and the bill is not going to be good. So you're going to add up to something you already owe and that you're already carrying with you since eons and eons and eons. And then you have the possibility to reduce your debt in this lifetime. And some school believe, you know, the human being is in a specially special place. And so, little runner. So I guess here's where my gray area is. So one would be, you know, you being nice, you smile to people, you don't try to, you know, like if you're frowning at somebody and then that person feels bad, then you've committed a negative act, and that's not that's not conducive to a, to a better um, life status or karmic status and so everything will be based around that you're basically doing damage control trying to do the least damage and trying to benefit the most to tip the scale and so me 
choosing not to uh, say things. I'm not frowning at people, you know. And if somebody says something, I will answer, of course. But, yeah, I don't have... I'm not interested in initiating the, the greeting process, so to speak. And it's happened, it's almost not happened here, maybe a couple of times, where somebody, you know, said hello. And uh, I, of course, responded. And I've also started, you know, to only put one of my earplug in. So, you know, that I can be more mindful. And if somebody chooses to, I definitely do not want to, to deny that or to ignore that. But that's a, you know, that's a great opportunity being in this place, you know. I'm a Soyungiri, you know, I'm, I'm a stranger here. So, you know, we're in a small town. And though I do like a small town, per se, I love, you know, here I am now. So in a distance, I can see the, the steeple of the church, which is not that big, and it's pretty modern. There's a crane, I guess there's some kind of building. And then you have the, you know, you have the town of Hamirina, not too big. And <laughs> overwhelmingly surrounded by the mountain around and, and nature. So I love that. I love the setup. But the mentality of small town people, I am not interested. You know, I was telling Pilar, the only difference would be if I was looking at doing something with the earth or something with your hand or crafty, then there would be a lot of wisdom to be had by the local, by people who've been, you know, passing that tradition from generation to generation. That would be interesting. But I'm not. So, so I, I have no, you know, and I'm not, of course, I'm not saying that nobody's interesting in this town. I'm just not interested in uh, playing the explorer here. But if something happened, yeah, I definitely want to be receptive to it and mindful and sensitive and I do believe that I am you know I'm not I'm not a mean person you know uh, but yeah I want to be more honest I want to be more genuine authentic authentic authenticity I do like I do like the weight of that word as I am uttering it I want to be more authentic I want to be who is Anthony you know what's Anthony think about that what does he feel about that and let's just honor that, you know. It's not the truth. It's going to keep evolving. But it's where Anthony is at at this point in time in his life. So, all right. You know. Because I believe that there is a natural process of this so-called awareness where you don't really need to do anything. The idea of show up and being who you are will naturally be conducive to something evolving, remaining, you know, updating itself. And it would have to do with, is it serving you? And I don't think we have to think much about it. But I think sometimes it is so obscured by so many things. This absence of light makes it harder for that process to be streamlined. And that's okay, you know, because that in its due time will also evolve. And again, you know, what do I know about life? Outside of, well... I know my time is limited and I'm going to die. After that, I have no freaking idea. So that's what makes sense to me. And, uh, yeah, you know, talking to Pilar, realizing, you know, I'm so psyched about being here. I'm so psyched about having that space to myself, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, second week started.
and uh, we we shall see. I guess time will tell. You know how sustainable that is. And of course, in my case, this is not something that's going to be. I am pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty confident that it will not be long term. You know, I'm not saying that I may not come back. That you never know. But uh, like I say, I'm starting to fix my gaze toward India. So that is, uh, I'm definitely very strongly considering now uh, heading there. Whether with a, with a, I don't know what you call it, like a long-term visa or a tourist visa. Doesn't matter. But going to India and finally feeling the click like, yeah, let's go to India. <laughs> That's it. Let's go to India. Why not? Let's go check it out. You know, my time in Spain has ripped things, but nothing. There are no, yeah, there are no, no deep root, you know. Pilar is an anomaly and I, you know, and then I, I want to leave it exactly there. She just doesn't fit into anything that I can make sense of. So that's that for now. And so, yeah, may I, may I use, may I milk that experience? Eh? Quiero aprovechar. Eh? That's a nice word in Spanish, aprovechar, to milk, to, to, to use, to benefit to benefit from something and to use it, you know, to if you have a service offer that you use that service instead of not. So aprovechar. Yeah, to, I want to milk that cow for what it's worth. I want to learn honesty with gentleness and compassion. And uh, yeah, just that. Just that. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Anywho, actually it's turning out to be okay that uh, uh, the trail I remember I did when I was barefoot in uh, Sevilla heading out and after one day with that pack on I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? It was killing my feet, but without the weight, that is fine. Yeah, yeah, I would be able to uh, to survive the gravels and stuff bare feet, just not with the weight of the pack. My, my soles are not conditioned. Anywho, that's also one of my hope to become more uh, uh, effortless in my concentration. I mean, obviously, there is an element of practice, you know, by doing this podcast. It's definitely an exercise in concentration to not get lost too much, to not digress too much. Or if I choose to get off the main path to make sure there's a good connection and I don't stay away too long and I'm able to come back and loop nicely that di digression into the main theme in a way to, to enrich it instead of uh, becoming a distraction. Uh, or actually, kind of what happened today where when I brought the whole incident with Edu that I was like, why did I bring that in? I had a clear understanding when I did it and I lost that. So... And I'm not, I don't have uh, expectations, like I don't have very clear expectations, so no smart goal here. Because I don't know, you know, maybe my mind, uh, you know, we all have our limitations, so I'm okay with, I guess I'm okay with finding note and I'm okay, I'm okay with working with those. So it's not like, a, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be anybody else. I guess I'm not trying to compare myself and engaging my success according to, well, that person did that. So if I can do that, then I'll be that. 
No. So it, it's uh, some of the things... I really do believe there's an effortlessness to a lot of things in life. And we complicate things. We have a part to play, but it is way more minimal than what we think that I still believe. I really take myself less and less seriously, however contradictory that statement may sound like, but it's true. You know, I don't value that much what I think. I can't help thinking, but uh, yeah, I don't hold my breath when a thought comes out. Anywho, here's Hamilena, so I guess I'm going to work my way uh, to Dia and see what more walking I do before heading back. Anywho, oh, I ended up going back to not mixing the rice and the lentils, so to cook the rice separately. So I was kind of missing that kind of chewing of the rice instead of exploding it with the lentils and a veggie. So I was able to put more veggie into my lentil dish so did that also made a big salad so looking forward to my oh and i got some beets so that's uh i got beets and celery in the store so i have a a lot of fiber going down to my asshole anywho <laughs> i wish you all a beautiful day wherever you are whatever you're doing breathe my friend breathe and until next time.